Oh boy, do the Whippy Boys have a treat in store for y'all this week? Am I right, Phil? God, yeah. that <laughs> you're welcome yeah you're welcome to the whip around nice it's a whole weird That's news good. podcast experience for your senses as long as you have um ears one sense <laughs> in particular you need a sense of humor i'm sean hayes <laughs> today i'm not sure i would pass that test no i uh and i do <laughs> appropriately i do macabre stuff uh, but I'm not alone. And nope. and as He's long a- as long as this this clown that's going to talk next is around, nobody's really alone. That's right. I'm here for everybody. I'm Doctor Phil Laporta. I do the science. I'm the cheery one. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'm What's the- up with you? What, what what would a what would a This is the time where someone would go like, I'm the cynic. Is there another <laughs> is there another term that is so universally incorrectly applied because anytime any i know i've said this before right yeah anytime someone self-applies i'm trying to think of another thing that you could say about yourself that immediately suggests the opposite and i think i have one go ahead uh creative when someone says (laughs) i'm creative or or even worse if someone applies very (laughs) i'm very creative like really so creative in fact that you went with very I was going to say the word spiritual. <laughs> That's one where it's like. Really? Because you think if someone says that, they're not? No, I just automatically assume they're buying into some kind of pseudoscientific bullshit. Ah, so. but that, what, what do you think being spiritual is? Oh, fair point. What's up with you? <laughs> I'm fine. Okay. So, <laughs> things, are, things are good. Um, everything is, is rolling along just normal. I, I've been thinking a lot about all kinds of stuff this week. Uh-oh. And, uh <laughs> Uh-oh. I know, right? And I've got we're, this we're... death ray. <laughs> I finally made it. Now I know why you're so cheery. You think a fair price would be one million sets of five star ratings. Check out the whip around at gmail.com and go to our website. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. What's going on with you, damn it? Or are you really done? Really? You're really just fine and you've it. been really and you're thinking. Nothing, nothing you know. All right, let me ask you this. So, <laughs> okay, motherfucker, hiding shit. <laughs> this is something I've been thinking a lot about, and I wonder if you see the same thing, or when you were teaching with your student. Because I'm no, back to I school, don't you know think that, you right? look like that porn star. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It was. Is there? Do you feel like there's something going on with the level of preparation of students in the past, like several years, or does it seem to be changing in any way? Do students seem more or less prepared, at least uh, in the English front? Less like you the think trend, so. the, I, although I wonder if every teacher of every generation would say that, but it was a demonstrable thing where it was like, you know, hey, uh, does anybody have a pen for this guy? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I did. I didn't do that once. I did that. Sev- even, I had to do that for people several times. Not even like prepared for like actual clap. Like, oh, I know. I'm saying I'm saying never. Yeah, I'm saying never mind the skill set 
And I, you know what, Phil? That's a that's a subject for a different podcast. We could <laughs> opine on this for a long time. The answer is you're thinking like I'm thinking, which is it seems like it's it's not exactly okay. I'm not trying to hold out on you, but I just realized that the discussion that we're about to embark on as a professor and a half, let's say, yeah, uh, you, you of course, being the, the, the half, I, I am. I we were three quarters together. <laughs> no, really, though, it's something that I feel like <laughs> any any citizen who isn't specifically a professor or a former one is immediately, they're already gone. <laughs> it's like, you're going to start this shit? Yeah, it's just on my mind. It just worries me when I see people who are like, I want to be an engineer. It's like, you can't do algebra. Anyway, we should we should move on. Yeah. Let's get off the tracks. Cause no, you- yeah, well, what's going on with me? Let's see. I asked you that already. No, you didn't. Did. What'd you say? So what's up with you? What did I say? You just went off on being miserable. I think you're wrong. Oh, uh, whatever. So what is up with you? I'm then? fine. Off we go. I said it. I said, what's up with you? You can be mad at me if you want, but I said it. You'll hear it when Do you I, edit. I'm not mad. I'm happy that I asserted myself and educated you how I wish to be treated. You probably said it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Six headlines from this week's news, except not one of them. Spot the fake. I don't think you did. <laughs> Hell Pizza teams up with Adult Toy Store to include vibrators with pizza in Valentine's Day promotion. He is shaking his head already, citizens. Man arrested after attempt to rob exactly three tacos from Akron Taco Bell. 30 goats chase stranded hikers out of encampment, eat all supplies, helicopter evacuation required. Hmm. Chicago man freezes pants to reserve parking spot. Richard Bacon denies snorting cocaine off a blue Peter tortoise. And Sydney real estate agent accused of Viagra-fueled samurai sword attack. You loving these this week? You definitely didn't ask me. How pizza teams up at the Del Toy Store to include vibrators and pizza with pizza in Valentine's Day promotion. Man arrested after attempting to rob exactly three tacos from Akron Taco Bell. 30 goats stranded, uh, chase stranded hikers out of encampment, eat all supplies, helicopter evacuation required. Chicago man freezes pants to reserve parking spot. Uh, Richard Bacon denies snorting cocaine off a of blue Peter tortoise and Sydney real estate agent accused of Viagra fueled samurai sword attack. Okay. I, th- I think I know this. Go ahead. I think I know this out of the gate. Based on? Common sense. Sure. You thought you asked me because the way the conversation was going, it's, you know, and patterns of the way you and I speak, you're not used to me asking you what's up with you first. What were we doing? What were we doing? <laughs> oh, right. Uh, all right. Well, it's either the samurai sword one. <laughs> Don't be mad when I tell you my reasoning. Uh, the samurai sword one, the samurai sword one, or and that's the pro- you know what Phil, that's the problem with having to. Which obviously we have our reasons for doing this remotely today, both in terms of COVID risk and the fucking ice storm, yeah. right? But the the drawback is that like a lot of times like you'll talk or we can't hear one another, and so I know I, it's like there are things that you might as well be like whispering like you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and I can't anyway. Uh, uh, it's the oh, samurai gonna... sword one is full of shit, or the very first one, this convoluted pizza and vibrators thing. Okay. Um, because they both <laughs> they both seem hastily written, 
And sure. uh, you will have the sausages made. You had mentioned like, oh, hell, I forgot to write my bullshit headline. So there's that. Okay. So I'm I like putting my reasoning. Thank you. I'm putting my chips on that. So I'm going to, and I'm, you know what? I'm going to say for simplicity's sake, you were like, fuck it. I'm putting it on the end. The samurai sword is the fake headline. Unbelievably real. Is it the, is it the first one? No, they were giving away vibrators and pizzas together. Hey, man, you know what? Good on you for quickly throwing something together and at the minimum (laughs) making it not like the worst (laughs) two, you know? Which again, just like the level of preparation of humans to write a decent headline. Come on. I really don't know then. No, I'm stumped. It's the goats. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you know what? When I heard it, I thought about, you know, I wonder if he had some stuff on his mind that we're going to maybe touch on later. Uh, and uh, that popped in. No, no, no. Well, just, how do you know? The seemed... brain is a mysterious force. It just seemed like something that was reasonable. Yeah, well, we'll let the citizens be the judge of that after they listen to the segments. And if they don't want to be the judge of it, they can go straight to Sean's cabinet of the macabre. <laughs> That's weird. Hey, all right. Let's just streamlined. Tried. <laughs> got, got nothing better. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Do the Whippy Boys have a treat in store for y'all this week? Am I right, Phil? God, yeah. See, th- thank you for the promotion. This week, we both focused quite on purpose, by the way, before we go any further. <laughs> we, ha- is... we have met before, haven't we? <laughs> Intentionally done here. Because as it happens, we've got a major uncurable case of... Synergy this week. And said synergy begins. Which, by the way, it dovetails very nicely into something that I've been obsessing about lately, as everybody knows who listens to the show. And maybe it's catching, because now we got Phil on board. (laughs) It begins this synergistic exploit of ours with the macabre side, hence my place here at the moment. Now, let us away, folks. To a, you're going to love this, especially if you're listening to this, you know, in the in the upper northeast United States or yeah, or, is, or Midwest. If you're in the frigid northeast in this country at this point, right. you're getting iced on yeah. there because of that. You're going to love this, y'all. We're going to the feet of Russia's imposing Ural Mountains in January. And the year is 1959. Uh, and the and and the weather, which you may expect this far north, this close to intense heights and crags and whatever, is fucking freezing on a nice day. That's scientific. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just science. And windy as balls, too. Uh, Important. Food for thought there. Now, what we've got is a group of ten experienced Russian hikers... Uh, nine of them students at a technical institute like in the Ural Mountain region. Am I am I right on that, Phil? Yes, this absolutely. Is an, this is an interesting thing where I get to like we can like like right, isn't that what you, right? Is that your That's understanding? That's what I read, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this is kind of their backyard in a way. Um so in charge of the group was one Igor Dyatlov. And uh that name's going to come up again and again. Dyatlov. Yeah. Dyatlov. No fear, no fear of Dyatlov's name. Anyway, the brave group wanted to hike a treacherous trail winding up through part of the Urals with the goal of returning to less awful frigid weather 
uh, you know, survivable regular Russian winter around sea level or reasonably whatever. No later than February 12th. Remember, I'm, we're, we're sort of starting in January. I, was, I wasn't quite sure of the date it started, but it was probably late January. Give them a couple of weeks to come through the mountains. Be done February 12th. It was a three-week tour. <laughs> a three-ruble tour. Um, week wouldn't scan. Sorry. Anyway, it was a three-week tour. It's good. Just sit, just sit right back and you hear a tale. <laughs> a tale of a Russian pack. Went hiking in the devil's yard and nine of them didn't come back. Woo! Yeah, so things were going miserably, but manageably, apparently, through to January 28th, when one hiker, Yuri Yudin, had a sciatica flare-up, which is never... A good thing, except in in Soviet <laughs> Russia, back pain save you or whatever. Uh, anyway, he, he was in a lot of pain, and he opted to take a sled that they had used to get you know part of what they had used to get here. There were like buses and hikes and whatever. Anyway, he they were like three quarters of the way done, and dude had to like take a sled home. Um, no small decision, this per museumcenter.org, who noted uh, quote by this time, and they're talking about Yuri. Uh, he'd already taken two train rides, a bus ride, and then the sled ride with the other hikers to get to the place where they would begin their treacherous journey through the mountains in the winter. He was disappointed to leave, but this decision would ultimately save his borscht. Yeah. Dyatlov Pass is the uh, region that we're going to be talking about a lot. And uh, it is true that Yuri the Quitter is the only one of this group who's ever seen alive Again. So, some hikers were journaling their trip. And we got clear records and evidence of the of the nine uh of the nine's movements for the next few days. February first, all is going well enough, though they started late that day. Couldn't quite make even three miles of is that even hiking? <laughs> of suffering. Miserable. Yeah. Right. And and it's you know it's speculated maybe the extra weight they had to carry for uh, you know, old Yuri. Old old out of there, Yuri. Uh, maybe it slowed them down. I don't know, but that's not their normal pace. It was quite slow. Whatever the case, remember, they were high up in the Ural Mountains now, and the conditions were harsh now. The last thing we know for sure was that the group dropped off some like no longer needed equipment off at a base camp, I guess mostly populated by sort of native folks in the area, and then they headed off to what the locals call uh, Kolat Sayaki, or in their translated into English, do you remember Phil? Oh, uh, Hell's uh, Mountain Hop! Damn it, Dead Mountain. That's it. Screaming to be on the cabin. Yeah, and I'm quoting again. Quote: They set up camp on the slope of the mountain, possibly because they did not want to lose the ground that they'd covered, and because they were losing daylight. However, experienced hikers in the area have said it was an odd place to set up camp. They had dinner around 6 or 7 p.m. and seemed to be in good spirits based on their personal and trip journals. And then nothing. Uh, the deadline of February 12th, you might recall, that that came and went. But, you know, shit gets screwy in the mountains. Uh, you know, it's Russia. It's cold. It's dark. And so it wasn't until February 20th came and still no Russian hikers, no frozen cubes with humans in now, them. Now you're overdue by eight days. That's a... You know, even in Russia. A, that's a red flag. Yeah. 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 That's, well, in Russia, I guess all the flags are red. Boom! Oh. <laughs> so, uh, 
Anyway, a, uh, a search party was assembled and, and they set out to find the group. Then they left to go get him February 21st. And, you know, before they even got to March. But what they found was a mystery, wasn't it, Phil? That's why we're here, pretty much. Yeah, but initially, no hikers. They, they first came across what was obviously the team's tent and already shit got weird. Said tent was nestled underneath about like five to six inches of snow. Like it, but it, but well, we'll get to that in a second. One dude uh, noted that there was a flashlight on top of said snowy tent. Now, weirder still, and I, I was stretching for terms here, Phil. Maybe you can help me. The, the entrance to the tent, which, the exit, the, I called it the tent cloaca. Uh, it's, the, it's, it's the entrance uh, exit, the, you know. The flaps. Whatever the flaps were. Yeah, the flaps were secured. Grow up. Uh, zipped, tied, whatever. But the tent along the side had been cleanly sliced open from the inside. Let's say that again. Sliced open cleanly from the inside with most of the group's equipment still on site. Are we looking at a hasty retreat? Buried under the Yeah, the snow, five, six inches there. of snow, but present... Not scattered. Um, leaving behind equipment and, and leaving a flashlight, too. It's just odd, right? Now, nearby were footprints that were leading in a kind of awkward path downhill. Plainly, by the way, prints that were bare feet, maybe socks. But definitely footprints left by people who were not wearing hiking boots. And I reiterate, we are not in Palm Springs. <laughs> Not even close. It's at least an hour away. Uh, so anyway, those tracks eventually led to the remains of a small fire that had been built under a cedar tree, quote, with branches broken up to five meters up the tree. So it seems pretty clear. Look, we got somebody built a fire here and was using the firewood after coming here at a pretty fast clip without their boots on. Now here too, and if you have like a drum roll here, was a corpse. <laughs> a dead hiker. The first one that was found. Now the corpse had burns on like his bare feet, more burns like around his head. He also had what is quoted here as minor cuts and bruises, dried blood on his face, and a gray foam substance on his cheeks. Yum. Indicating pulmonary edema. His cause of death was determined to be hypothermia. You're looking I at me you're like, waiting for something else. I'm like, you're like, bitch, I'm the science guy. Do your creepy shit. <laughs> Strange though. Yeah. Well, rescuers found another corpse, not far from the first, very similar condition. Also having died from hypothermia, this one missing the tip of his nose frostbite classic. Let me tell you had burns on his hands and he was missing a chunk of flesh from his knuckle. Hmm. Later autopsy work found it though. Didn't they Phil? in his mouth back toward the tent in a kind of catty corner direction they found uh, Igor old Igor Dyatlov who besides scrapes and a missing tooth was normal for one of these corpses his watch by the way the only time I saw this referenced had stopped at 5.31 a.m. And maybe it was because he continued to accessorize. It was why he's the leader <laughs> and why the pass that this all ends up deal, you know, referring to, Dyatlov Pass, is named for him. Because the yeah. dude could accessorize. Anyway, it was the next corpse that they found. That of a woman that was found over 600 meters from the tree. 
where it's like the, the, the organ music should rise right now. Now, she was found face down in the snow, dead of hypothermia, but she was also sporting, quote, a huge blunt force bruise of unknown origin. And they found another corpse uh, some days later. It was, you know what it is, it's what it's like with corpses in the mountains. You know, at first it's, oh, they're everywhere, and eventually it runs dry, you know. Anyway, right, March 5th. Now, this corpse they found even had a fractured skull, but, you know, it was along the trail there. It was evidently not an immediately fatal wound. He, too, having died of hypothermia. Now, months of arduous searching passed. Not a lot of results here. Before the remaining hikers were eventually found, all of them down a six-foot ravine, which they could only even get to once some thawing had, you know, made it a little easier to find them. Unfortunately, this also meant they weren't the first organisms to find them. And so mm. there was some soft tissue missing from all of our ravine friends. Uh, pro- again, probably the result of scavenger animals. In the case of the ones at the bottom of the ravine, the water level, like, melted and frozen and melted and frozen. So it could have, like, rotted off their flesh. Is this, oh, yeah. Is, is this fun shit or what? Uh, anyway, two or three of these corpses also showed minor traces of radioactivity which has caused some people to sort of make more of that, I think, than it's really due. Maybe Phil will touch on that. Maybe we'll get to it later. But they also, this this little clot of corpses, tended to have broken bits. A crushed chest definitely killed the most experienced hiker of the entire group, while another one had, like, a savagely broken nose. One hiker died, pen and paper, clutched in his hand. But That's alas, the guy I like. Right? Hadn't been able to write anything before the end came. I like to think that he was looking at it. You know, when you... We've all been faced with that that blank page. It is so intimidating <laughs> that he was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'd rather die. You, st- you draw own conclusion. Uh, one woman also had, like, blood in her stomach, which, I mean, just layers of, of intensely weird things. Now, theories have abounded about this incident pretty much from jump. Yetis, of course. Yetis. Of course, yetis. Were floated. Those nose-nibbling... Nose <laughs> stomach blood pumping monsters of the of the, of the north uh, one hiker took a snap from his camera that to me because they found it and developed it to me it looks like it's a shot of a cheeky fellow hiker just sort of jauntily leaning away from a tree other types who i don't have a lot in common with say it's clear evidence for the existence of a snowman of the abominable variety we, we can post in theories too they're aliens of, of the course activity yeah of course it's gotta be uh, there's also the notion one or more of these hikers were some sort of double agents, speaking of radioactivity, smuggling some kind of radioactive something, to, I Somebody assume. snapped and, and bludgeoned everybody but harshly I, but non-fatally yeah, and but, then left them to die. But I want to go back to the radioactivity because if the idea is that they were smuggling something, were they just were they going to meet up with Santa? Like was there <laughs> was there going to be a CIA agent dressed like a, like a snowman? You know what I mean? Like – like a carrot strapped to his face. Like, well, anyway, anyway, anyway. Frosty's hat was the drop point. Right, exactly. Right. Um, undoubtedly, the very nature of a story like this with a spot, a black spot, you know, in the middle with we know what was going on right before. We know what was going on once it was all done. But this this empty, dead space has captivated people justifiably and many imaginations have done what they do. So remember, of course... The easiest answer, by the way, an avalanche does not fit here. Remember the footprints everywhere. They followed footprints. An avalanche tends to not preserve your footprints. And the tent in which nobody stayed. 
hmm, odd, uh, was only found with, you know, five, six inches of snow seeming kind of packed in there. Hmm. But either way, let me end with this. The lesson is clear. When things get rough, tell them your back hurts, hop on your sled, and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> now, Phil, do you have any thoughts on the mystery and the menace of it all, or do you want to hold off since you are going to be talking about something far more recent about this same Dyatlov Pass incident that claimed nine lives? I Oh, my God. Maybe the... it was a cat. Sorry, I love the fact... Son of a bitch. That's where they get him from. I... I love the fact that everybody looks at that and goes, oh, experienced hikers. They've done this. They know what they're doing. This place isn't prone to basically the simplest explanation. Right. And since it's not prone to that, everybody immediately goes, no, fuck it. It's got to be something weird. Yeah, something way went wrong. weird. Yeah. Right? It's so much more interesting that way. And I think that that's what's really kept the mystery going for, for how long? Over half a century, really, right? Yeah, it was 59. Yeah, so I mean, just over half a century, really, and and everybody wants it to be something cool. Science might have something to say about this. Which, by the way, we're going to find out that it was. It's just not what everybody <laughs> might have wanted it to be—the kind of cool that you like. But it's definitely cool. Okay, so what we're going to do is we are going to let you sit with those images I gave you for a little while, crushed and frozen and battered and blood pooled and talk amongst yourselves come up with your favorite theory yeah and uh we will be right back after this break that's scottish i know that's my sean Con <laughs> that's my happened? sean connery russian what no. <laughs> oh, he's gonna sound launch like the missiles and fucking kill these people these fucking ruskies got blown up with a missile that was really good <laughs> stop that right now. mamma mia that's a spicier podcast if you think so, too, be sure to rate and review. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, too. Bon appetit! Oh, that's French, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not recording. Get the fuck out. Yeah, it is. We're good. Oh, you dickbag. You actually... Welcome back. Am I right? Am I right? I just tricked Phil and made him think that I actually I had thought we... done the <laughs> I thing I thought we needed to record the whole fucking thing. hit the record button, and now he's... Which has happened before. It has happened. Actually, it was, what, last week? We had to re-record the first Two weeks like, ago? Yeah, we had, like, but it was ago. just the I first... I can never like... keep it straight. Science! <laughs> Still matters, damn it. So I, Phil, yeah. The, can I ask you a question before you start? Uh, if you want, is there a COVIDiot of the week? No. Oh my God, we might survive as a species yet. <laughs> now I, I want to point this out. I, I I came close, but the closest I found was a cleric in Iran declaring that everyone who got the vaccine was now a homosexual. Nah, that's par we, for the course. We, I was going to say we've done stuff like that yeah, before, so there's yeah. nothing new under the COVIDiot sun for everybody this week. Enjoy that, citizens. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a reprieve. A little little bit of a ray of hope. It's going for every. It's going badly, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it's hey. going badly, but it's not going badly in any new way. Right. So it's not, I guess it's novel coronavirus, but it's not novel. <laughs> the not so novel coronavirus. That's uh, big dumb thing. Fuck you. Yeah.
So the Dyatlov Pass incident, have you heard of it? Uh, once. On an incredible podcast. All right. You've heard me say this on the show many times, that sometimes, a lot of times, the simplest explanation is the right one. And <laughs> what? We call it Phil's Razor. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> It is true, though. <laughs> but we talked about it at the end of Sean's segment, right? It, there's all these things that seem to rule out the simplest explanation of avalanche. Yeah. Right? So recently, and when I say recently, I mean only as recent as 2013 was the technology available to help a pair of scientists actually prove that, for better or for worse, the most common explanation ends up being by far the most plausible for almost everything that Sean described in the first half. I like that so you make give... me sound like I did a good job. Thank you. You did a great job. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so here's some scientific background for you, by the way, in terms of what was done. The campers, when they camp, they don't just put the tent on the slope of snow. They actually cut a little notch into the slope. So picture a sloping triangle and cut a little notch out of it. So basically, you've got like a vertical face that's maybe five, six feet high, enough to block the tent from the wind, which, by the way, you, you buried the lead on saying there were some absolutely heavy winds during that day. Um, so, and that's basically how they camp for the night. And I'm sure everyone says, well, clearly the snow crushed them because you cut a notch into the hill. Well, the funny thing is, if you look at the terrain, every scientist, every expert looks at that and goes, that slope isn't enough with that notch to cause any kind of an avalanche. And even if it did, how much snow really fell on them? How could, how much could that damage it? So right there, as soon as you start to wash those away with what you typically expect, boom, you get conspiracies, right? Mm. And in this case, uh, the fact that the typical doesn't seem to make sense on the surface is why people start to con you know, find those other options. But as it turns out, in a journal article recently published in Nature's uh, Communications, Earth, and Environment, uh, Johann Gohm from ETH Zurich, woo, uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> some friends there, uh, and Alexander Pusserin from the Snow Avalanche Simulation Lab at Los in Switzerland shows that yes indeed a simple explanation is most likely they show that a combination of factors particularly irregularities in the slope beneath the snowpack which means it was steeper than they thought beneath the snow that was sitting there and the ability of strong winds to deposit a sufficient amount of extra snow during the night would have caused the delay from the time they cut that notch to plenty of time when they would have been asleep lying flat on their backs. And by the way, you don't just put the uh, tent on the snow. Mm -mm. You put stiff skis underneath it, giving a rigid surface that snow can crush your chest cavity on. So here's where it gets pretty freaking weird. And this is where the 2013 comes in. They utilize dynamic avalanche simulations to show that even a small snow slab could lead to those injuries. Love that game. But as f what was that? I love that game. Which one? Dynamic, dynamic snow <laughs> whatever D dynamic avalanche simulation yeah 2000 it's one of those things at the mall with a little spaceship thing that moves around because you're i was picturing the most monochromatic version of sim city ever oh <laughs> just, all right well let's see which just... one plays better in peoria <laughs> so as far as the dynamic simulations the obvious question well, what kept you 2013 was that the tech and the simulations they used to crack this decades old mystery dates back to the movie frozen 
Huh? Yeah, I. that's where my understanding completely stops. I'm looking forward to hearing about this myself, Phil. Well, so now here's the thing. This is obviously everybody about everybody, you know, in that region. This is a local legend. Anybody who is into like hiking or avalanches or skiing. This is something that a lot of people have known about. <laughs> if you're into avalanches, you know, the doubt you'll have past incident. You and know. I know that there are such people. Uh, but, but wow. Am I right? one of those people? <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> you I'm, are. I'm sorry, Phil. Please continue. <laughs> you're one of those avalanche fans. I guess so. I guess so. So. Disney releases Frozen, and back then, right, so looking at this, Gome travels to Hollywood already back then to meet with the producers of the movie after being struck by how realistic the snow modeling in that movie was. Okay. So he looks at this and goes, damn, they're simulating snow really nicely. I wonder what they're doing. So he goes, gets permission from those developers to take the code with him back to his uh, back to his lab. So he starts writing these simulations for how snow would move and starts to simulate the Dyatlov whatever. Damn, why am I screwing up? Dyatlov. Dyatlov pass incident yes. on the computer at home. He combines that with studies from General Motors in the seventies that were used to study the effects of crashes on the human body. And sure enough, what he was able to figure out was that the, the hikers likely had a 16-foot-long and only a couple inches thick block of snow crash down on their tents while they slept. And let me tell you what, easily, easily could have crushed all of the ribs and all the damage that came from all those autopsies. You think about the person missing the nose, frostbite, sure. But mm. didn't you say somebody had a finger and it was in their mouth? Yeah, that's the flesh from the knuckle was found in their mouth. Does anybody... Still asleep with their thumbs in their mouths? Baby. Imagine getting punched by a ton of snow while your thumb is in your mouth. Mm. There, there's that, right? Cutting, all, cutting out the tent instead of going out the zippered flap or the side, right? What happened there? If you're buried in that much snow, you're going to get out whatever easy way as possible. You cut your way out. Going down to the tree trying to start a fire, right? Makes sense from a survival perspective. All other kind of random, very disoriented, very injured people wandering their way to the snow and not quite making it as a group. All of it starts to make sense when you consider that even something as you know small as a slab of snow of that mass can totally cause those injuries. Everything else kind of really falls into place. Hmm. And uh, I want to show Sean something actually because the, the paper is open source. Check the link in the show notes for it because – they actually did and shared on that paper. I'm going to do it here. I think this is going to share my screen with you. This is high tech shit. Can you let me see? I'm seeing diagrams. Wait, this is a movie. Check it out. There's a man being crushed. Crushed. We have to put that a, on the website, Phil. Like, oh, I, we will. Uh, we will screen cap this. But that is, you know, part that's of this how Frozen should have ended. <laughs> but you notice what's happening, right? All Think about what happened. How much better are our computers now than 2013 to be able to model all of those little particles as the uh, as this you know slab of snow breaks up sure. and looking at like pressure diagrams as it falls. And then finally, just this one, which is kind of goofy, but just looking at how much pressure the compression in the Ugh, chest God. right is going on that's like a that's a yeti paw of pressure that this diagram shows crashing under this guy's chest right and it shows the pressure and the strain on the and the deformation of the chest cavity oh, we're doing a lot and of visuals now phil i know but it's got all these videos are totally worth checking out excited because they really need simulations here. i'm excited now you're looking at the map uh, no i'm not terrifying i know 
uh, how do I do the stop share? You did. You know? Did I? You did. Okay, good. <laughs> so I think it's really awesome. And to quote John uh, Johan Gohm, um, also, also, wait, before I do that, time out. Authors of the paper point out that they're not trying to explain the radiation they found on the bodies. Mm. That's not what they're going to explain. They want to explain probably where these injuries came from. Again, they weren't there. They admit that they can't prove it for certain. But looking at all of this really does make a right. compelling case. And to quote Johan Gohm, people don't want it to be an avalanche. It's too normal. But hey, Frozen helped Disney solve a decades-old mystery. Well, I'm going to stop you there. I don't know if it what? helped Disney solve the mystery, Phil. Disney helped solve a decades-old history. <laughs> Let's say that correctly. Well, so what do you think? What do you think of the? What do you think of the news? What do you think of the? How do you? What do you, I, I'm so excited. I have one amendment that I would make to their conclusions. Go ahead. If I, if I could put on my uh, my Batman, world's greatest detective vision, you know, and show like everything moving around about that chunk of flesh from the knuckle. Yeah. I think, because remember that that was a guy found over by the the fire area, Mm -hmm. right? I think that's a person trying to keep themselves conscious while they are succumbing to frostbite and probably, you know, trying to hold out during the fire is burning. And they surely some of them would have had some kind of rudimentary plan, even in their panic, you know, that I think he was trying to stay awake, gouged his own and bit his own knuckle to stay alert. I was thinking about the burned feet, and I feel like he died of frostbite, but he was too close to the fire, and his sure. feet got singed. Yeah, I yeah, see that one. absolutely. And like the same thing with the guy with the burns around his head, you know, and you know right. all that shit. Yeah. Uh, but ah, oh, what a great story! I love it. Burns on the head and all that kind of shit. So it's time for card charts, Avalanche Edition. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So I got several facts about avalanches here, and I'm going to give you a number associated with it, and you have to tell me if the actual number is higher or lower than the one I've sharded out. Now we're about to find out what a shitty fan of avalanche avalanches I am. What a, what a, what a uh, what's the entry level avalanche fan? What state does the NHL team the avalanche play in? Comradno. Okay, good enough for me. Comradno. So. Let's start with what might be the obvious question. Yearly worldwide fatalities from avalanches. Oh, dear. Higher or lower than an average of 115 people? Hmm. By an avalanche. Which, as I've seen with some diagrams, those things can be very clever. They'll get you a number <laughs> of ways. I'm not even looking at it. Yeah. I'm not even looking for it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that the fatalities are higher. Yeah, boy. You're 150 Wait. on the average. Oh, man. So not that much different, but I felt it. You got it. You knew it was worse than I said. <laughs> and let's play the blame game, why don't we? Higher or lower? In some cases, it's not nature, but the people who are at fault. In fact, it's estimated that the number of avalanches that result in, in severe injuries are actually the fault of the people themselves, higher or lower than 75% of the time. Mm, man, I don't trust people. As a group, we're not great. <laughs> we are learning that. Let's all just let the I'll let the bitterness, I guess, carry me forward. Say, I, I bet you it's even higher. Yeah, all right, way to go, fuck wits. <laughs> Ninety, dude. Ninety percent of 
everybody that gets injured in an avalanche, either themselves or someone in their party, ends up causing it. Now that sucks. Because it's like, great, now I'm part of the asshole statistics because Jerkoff over here had to like play his trombone symbolically along the fjord. A <laughs> lot, of, lot of trombone aficionados in the fjords. A lot of trombone playing in the fjords, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look it up. Speed kills, or so the phrase goes. But how fast does an avalanche move on you? In five seconds, an avalanche can get up to speeds of Higher or lower than 120 miles an hour. That seems very fast. Um, then again, I mean, it's obviously in a hurry. And sometimes <laughs> these things can be going downhill. Yeah, murder doesn't like to wait. Yeah, I like that. Make that a t-shirt, please. It's pretty good. What, what, what was the speed you said? Five seconds, 120 miles an hour. It's the 120. Okay. I'm going to play it safe because it's already been a higher and a higher and say that, uh, you know what? Fuck that. It's higher than that, isn't it? It's higher. Higher, Phil, against my better judgment. No, it is lower. Good, good. Always never trust your... Still fast. 80 miles an hour, though. Wait, what? Still fast. It's lower than 100. 120, but 80 miles but it's still an hour. 80 miles an hour, which is still pretty that's a, fucking fast. That's, a, that's almost as fast as I can run. Yeah, yeah. It, Sean <laughs> speeds. Yeah, gonna... yeah. I always multiply my max speed by 10. <laughs> <laughs> Some people, the number of women they've slept with, Sean multiplies his speed by 10 my just in case. Top speed. <laughs> Do you know how fast you were going? Oh, I mean, it couldn't have been above 250. <laughs> survival your rate of survival in an avalanche is actually about 91 percent when if found within 18 minutes but drops very precipitously specific. i know drops precipitously thereafter if you're found from let's say 19 to 35 minutes after the avalanche hits your survival rate drops from 91 to percent to higher or lower than 45 hmm i feel like Get the what get get to you in 18 minutes 91 percent. 19 Later minutes that. 45 or so you want me to talk about right. or so I, I shart I, I feel like the um the geometric cruelty of nature <laughs> i get why i feel like i could intuit my way which is not how to think medically or scientifically <laughs> but uh i i feel like that does make some sense except that it might seem optimistic i feel like if it's like well look it's 19 minutes an hour whatever you're fucked so i'm gonna say that the that the that it's even lo, lo, you know what i'm saying like it's an even lower chance of survival so i'm saying lower yeah man we're Holy. fucked only 34% survival probability if you're found 19 minutes to 35 minutes. And then it's it's, it's even Zero. worse at that point. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's uh, once upon a time territory at 36 minutes. It's it's Jotlov territory. Yeah. Let's bring it all full circle, shall we? The most yes. deadly avalanche in American history happened in 1910. Was the number of fatalities higher or lower than 100? Holy shit. Wait, so what was the superlative about this avalanche? It was the deadliest? Was that what it was? Or deadliest some... okay. avalanche in right. American history. Okay. I thought I thought maybe it was like the something else that I could use to try to find my way into how this went down. 
alas, it didn't work. Uh, buh, 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 buh. I feel like we're a country that wouldn't talk about this unless it was really, really big. Uh, all right. Well, I'm I'm going. To, I'm picturing like a what channel are these movies? The Sharknado and all that shit. Is that the Sci-Fi, sci-fi? channel? I'm yeah. picturing one of those cheap movies, and there there the were like Sharkalanch. Well, that was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's leaning, folks. He's uh, he's on the ropes. <laughs> I'm just seeing the, the fins like bursting through as it like gets to the front, and then somebody, somebody like Bruce Campbell or somebody like looks up, and it's it's just like you can see the teeth crashing like up into the. Oh man! Just get off the mountain, people! It's not that hard. Come on! We've got to close the snow beaches. <laughs> oh, God, we're going to need a bigger sled. <laughs> All right, I <laughs> higher Phil before I higher for everybody before even my mother tunes out higher. Oh, I am so sorry. Uh, it was lower. Well, when we make shark, what was your word? Sharkalanch. When we make sharkalanch, it damn well better be higher than a hundred. I'll tell you what, though. Now, wait a minute. You still got three out of four. I'll give you a bonus point. Hey, I'm all sorry, right. You got three out of five. Here's your bonus point. <laughs> what do you think caused that 1910 avalanche? Hmm. My my instinct is that somebody fired a gun, uh, you know, or, or something like that. What if I said it was one of your favorite things to talk about? My wife's butt did it. <laughs> Damn, girl. <laughs> John Carpenter did <laughs> Choo choo, the avalanche is coming through, bitch. Oh my it was god, a train wreck. Three out of five for me. Of avalanche. You know, I'm not even like a fan of trains. Just just the train wrecks. Just the disasters. I'm not really a big I'm not really a big fan of a lot of things when things are going well. Aren't you happy you took your cross country trip on train like before we started doing the show? Well, hey, maybe that's where I got the idea to look into train wrecks because there were these areas where they were like, oh, yeah, we got to stop here because there's a bit of fencing out. I'm like, okay. And they're like, so if a boulder comes rolling down, it's going to smash us right off the track. (laughs) And then they were like, but when we, because we stopped. And they're like, when we're stopped like this, though, make sure you do stay in your seat for real. And I was like, oh, no, I know. And they're like, no, no, no. They're like cougars out. Like, they'll get you. They're bears. You know, because we're like in Glacier Park. So they're like, you go off this train. You're going. There are so many ways to die right now. <laughs> Just too many ways to die. Anyway, anyway, this has been a, a beautiful one-two punch, hasn't it? Yeah. Thank you, citizens, for being here for the Dyatlov Pass incident, and uh, let the news rage on. The weird never bothered me anyway. Are you not just into weird news? Are you also into sports and high-energy octane excitement? I was told there wouldn't be a premise. I know. I just get excited when I think about sports because the boys from Potadelphia make me excited about Philadelphia sports. Home run! They talk about the Phillies. Score! They talk about the Eagles. Go, 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 go! They sometimes talk about the Union, but they also talk about the Flyers and the 76ers. This cup is too tight. You should not be wearing it on your face. Helmet. New episodes come out every Monday. Dave. Chuck and Juicy Jeans. It's been a fantastic time listening to them. They make your morning commute that much better on the Monday. Enjoy them. 
penalty box is the funniest part. Oh, my God. Chuck's penalty box. Haven't had River uh, Riverboat Jeans bets uh, recently. Yeah, where's that? Bring that back, guys. Fucking A. But we still love Damn you. Damn it. And we still listen to you. This is me yelling at Potadelphia. Yeah. Do you want to bring us back or shall I? I think you're out there. I think you're, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How am I not supposed to use that? I don't, you know, just go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> We're back, and it's time for Act 3. Three for the roll! That time of the show, we talk about things we didn't have time to talk about during the regular run of the show or that didn't fit in with the theme of the show, such as it is, which is clearly frozen trains and shit. Anyway, what's going to happen is Phil and I are going to volley back and forth three times a piece talking about real weird news headlines and stories that are burning a hole in our brains. Each turn will be 30 seconds. Once the 30 seconds of a turn is up, you'll hear something a little bit like this. Which is Bell, stepchild of the Bell family in our little show. Anyway, signaling it's time to shut up, move on to the next person. Once we do that three times a piece again, that will be it. That'll be the show. Of course, we'll do some plugs and some funny things and such and bits and shit. Uh, but anyway, Phil was uh, so very good in Act 2. He does deserve a breather for about, oh, 30 seconds or so. So I'm going to go first. I'm wondering if Phil has any questions for me. Did you enjoy Frozen or Frozen 2 more? Frozen 2 blows. Are you, in fact, a Disney princess? Those rock troll things, though, suck anywhere and every time they show up. Fuck them. Are you go? In robbing Peter to marry Paul news, where else but Florida would a fella and did a fella propose to his girlfriend with an engagement ring and wedding band that he stole from another woman that he had just scammed in an identical fashion? Joseph wow. Davis, 48, is being sought by police for scamming numerous women, stealing jewelry from them, and then using bits of said stolen jewelry to woo, to woo another woman and so on and so on and so on. But when one woman looked up her charming scuzz bucket on social media, saw another woman with that guy wearing the same rings that woman one had gotten from him, rings that turned out to be stolen from her, uh, along with a few other pieces, well, look, it's all confused and the scam fell apart. Now the cops are on the case. Hopefully this motherfucker doesn't take his cuffs and fashion jailhouse jewelry with them. Hey. And because fucking of course humans are awful news. I happen upon an answer to the question. Why were chainsaws invented? The sometimes questionable but always entertaining site I fucking love science has provided an answer in a well-sourced and totally disturbing article. Sean, quick guess. Why were they made? Wrong. It was childbirth assistance. Because were a safe thing. There was another procedure to cut the pelvic region completely apart and widen it to help the baby come out. As with all surgeries, speed is of the essence. And the first one of these hand-cranked chainsaws was invented to help deliver babies. Dates back to 1806. It was shortly motorized thereafter. And someone's like, hey, guess what? It could work on trees. But Jesus, titty fucking Christ. Bunch of dark-age doctors invented it. And now they think about it. Yeah, it even looks like a dick. Typical Cro-Magnon thinking. In Davy Jones' jackpot news, a centuries-old pirate wreck has just yielded the greatest treasure ever! A bunch of ancient skeletons! The 1717 wreck of the Wida, the only verified pirate shipwreck ever found intact, has given us all kinds of historical goodies, but about two weeks ago, some, quote, concretions, a.k.a. rock lumps, under the waves were shown to house six skeletons suspected as having been aboard the doomed Wida. Water spelunker Barry Clifford found the wreck in the 80s, but now he and an archaeological team hope to gain insight into pirate life and identities of the dead men, sans chest, and I wish them all the luck in Davy Jones' locker, I do. Yar, motherfucker. In Ocean's 3 uh, news, Milan's police force has just arrested a group they are calling the, quote, acrobat thieves. This moniker was given to them because they apparently have been using some serious acrobatics to scale buildings and break-ins since June of last year. Not only that, but they used their brains as well. By looking at geolocation data and Instagram posts, they were able to target rich and famous people, find out where they lived, scout the houses through the photos, and determine when no one was home to stop uh, to stop them from stealing what ended up being a total of around 150,000 euros worth of goods. Police have arrested three suspects, including 
a 17-year-old who do stand trial, I say we let him go. First of all, fuck the rich and anyone dumb enough to leave themselves so vulnerable. Second, how baller to be able to do this shit and give away with it, get, uh, get away with it given modern tech. At least sign him to a movie deal rather than sentence him. And but can it play through the fire and flames news? A Greek fellow named Philip died in a car wreck a while back and donated his body to a med school whereupon dude's okay. skeleton was displayed in a classroom. But years later, the school was done with the skeleton. Philip's fam was left with a decades-old skeleton in a cardboard box. Again, for decades, as bad, but a bad-as-fuck nephew just took some initiative and, quote, attached a guitar neck, pickups, volume knobs, the jack strings, and electronics to an entire skeleton They used to host his uncle's mortal being. Yeah, baby, user Prince Midnight turned his uncle's old bones into an axe worthy of the Prince of darkness himself and according to our greek god of rock uncle philip quote plays perfect and sounds awesome rock on creepy rock icon it's so fucking awesome and finally, in They Should Have Just Asked Us news, new research is indicating that aggressive messages from science communicators can amplify the threat of the big dumb thing and increase compliance with measures. What do they mean by aggressive messages? One often cited example in this new paper from the Journal of Public Understanding Science was the use of the term COVIDiot. That's <laughs> right. Someone studied if calling people out to quit their bullshit in an aggressive way like we do is helpful. Bottom line, for people not open to science and reason, the aggression may backfire, but for anyone who know, you th you know thinks the aggression is actually associated with taking the threat more seriously. Now, the study only asked 400 168 college students in three states, so it's hard to generalize. But the bottom line is people feel like scientists aren't like them being called a covid and alienates them. But if people understand science, they don't feel distance. It actually fucking works. I have a PhD in physics. Many of you know me. I do. You'll back me up when I say I'm not that special. I have some specialized knowledge, but I'm just like you. So please, we're rounding the corner. Don't be a covid -iot. Thank you. I like the notion that there are people who don't respect or listen to science. And people are saying, hey, listen. If you call those people COVIDiots, they're not really going to respond to that. Motherfucker, they're gone. They're lost. What do you expect? Like, well, they're not going to like, they don't like science and they don't like when you insult them. Like, hey, guess what? Fuck them twice. <laughs> In whatever ear you please. <laughs> or do them both because you're doing it twice. Any plugs, Phil? <laughs> Speaking of fucking people in the ears. Wow, I was about to plug my wife, but after following up with that, uh, you know, ew. I don't know what your anyway, kink is, man. Well, I'm not going to kink shame on here. Anyway, um, you know, magician's assistant Etsy. If if your kink is chain mail, she's your gal. For sure, man. There, there it is. There, <laughs> we're there. done here. <laughs> we're good. Bye bye. Uh, also, by the way, if you like reading, read a book. But if you like listening to people talk about books and say concise and interesting and wonderful and... Okay, concise was a lie. They actually go on tangents. But to say fascinating and interesting things about it with a lot of personality, Slow Readers is the podcast for you where they are explitterate. Am I right, Phil? Explitterature at its finest. Yes, and it is hosted by two human beings. They come out with a new episode every Monday. They're on hiatus right now, uh, but they will be back. It is great. Um... Yeah, Gabe and Dan, whatever. I don't know. Maybe you don't like reading. Maybe you like sports. Hike! That's all right. I mean, whatever. Fish. But if you're interested in sports but don't have time to watch it all, Surfing. did you say fish? Angling? Okay, I guess fishing is a sport. Yeah! Yeah! We'll talk about that boring shit on Potadelphia, the only Philly sports show that matters. Olympics. Yeah, maybe this summer. We don't know. Archery. Hey, guess what? Hanky panky. Phillies are starting up. Eagles might be trading people. Hacky sack. Flyers are COVID isolated, maybe. Collecting sports Sixers cards. are going great every Monday. Gum chewing. Chuck and Dave. 
and the Juicy Gene. Both of these, every Monday, we're fine pods, our guest. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's a good show. You know, I, I thought about this. It's a return to original form in a way. In a sense, yeah. This is a peek back in time. When Those we were... who weren't around for the beginning, yeah, yeah. It was like find one thing and everybody gets their angle on it. Fuck yeah. This 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 was laying squarely in the middle of our Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. And I hey. thank Sean because you were the one that sent it to me, so I thank you for bringing it to our attention. Oh, word up. Dude, a little dude. extra bell for you. Thanks, dude. Hey, hey, do you have anything that you want to say to us? Any stories that you would like us to cover? Anything that you have noticed? Uh, whatever, whatever. Anything to say at all? Why don't you reach out to us? Love, right? I'm doing it right. Anyway, reach out to us at whiparound at gmail.com. I promise we will see it promptly and get back to you. Uh, if you've got any, uh, you know, burning psychic questions for a not psychic fella, we are still accepting uh, requests for Phil. To do an amazing non-psychic reading for you. Again, it's whiparound at gmail.com. Let us know how we can guide you through the super friendly attitude of Phil. You know, reach out to us, not just there, Facebook, email, and hey. Instagram. Instagram. And hey, it's still tough out there. If you are buried under ice, if you are still in isolation and quarantine, hey, hang in there. We're all round in that corner. Fewer COVIDiots, right? It's getting there. Stay tough, especially for all of those uh, who are, you know, on the front lines, in the classroom, in the doctor's offices, doing great work. Stay tough out there, people. We love what you're doing if you're doing that. And, hey, even if you're not doing that, we still love you. Bye. I'm picturing yeah. one of those cheap movies, and there, there were like. Shark-a-lanch? Well, that was. <laughs> <laughs>